Okay. It's another day in St. Louis, and it's a little bit more of a beautiful day than what it was about a week ago. Whenever we had our last show, isn't it, James? We, we went from much better, much better, pra- practically sub-zero temperatures here in St. Louis, and now we're it's a little bit better. We're in about forty range or so, but it's it's better than what we had. But uh, even even the Blues are a little bit better than what they were as of late and they uh they've came came out we've got a little bit of a three-game winning streak going on right now against uh some pretty important teams that we that we've need to play against and uh we are actually sitting a little bit better of a a spot now after the three-game winning streak wouldn't you say oh yeah absolutely this uh this trip to canada and even the last couple of home games have been a nice change of pace to see uh, pretty much ever since the uh, loss to Washington, they've won, I, well, they've won every game since then. So they've played a, they played a solid, like I, like I said before in our little two seconds of talking, you know, they, they've played a good hard 60 last few games. And it's nice to see that. It's nice to see that style back. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I was a little, I was I was a little scared whenever they came out against Washington in Washington and saw how they were kind of slugging a little bit whenever they were playing against them and even against the Calgary game a little bit whenever Calgary got that first goal and it just seemed like the the Blues kind of sat back on their heels a little bit compared to what they did against Washington and St. Louis yeah, but after uh, seemed like after Shen got his first career uh, shorthanded goal, it seemed like they they decided they wanted to play a little bit after after that, which sparked I think the the little bit of the the change in play. Right, right. I really enjoy like like I said, just a good you know a, a good overall effort and. You know, I think the biggest thing I've noticed is, yeah, the offense is contributing decently, but I've noticed the defense has just played a great all-around system, being more, you know, just being more of a presence in front of the net. They're stepping in offensively, and honestly, that's led by Pareko. The man has been an absolute beast. I mean, he's been consistent all season, but – Something like the last, about the last probably 10 games, I think this is some of his best hockey next to the, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs in 19. Yeah, I I would agree. They, he's been playing, he's playing, playing very good hockey. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty much the start of the, since the start of the season, but right. it, it's really been showing the last however many so games. Yeah, and uh, they they've been really picking up. Uh, Pareko's one, obviously. Uh, neighbors, Saad has even been picking up his game a lot more too yep. recently. Yep. Uh, it, it's just it's looking like a lot of the team is since we've had a lot of you've really seen it from Pareko. You've really seen it from uh, Thomas and even. Shen with he's had what uh seven well after the other night I think it says eight or nine point uh eight or nine goal or eight or nine points one of the two but yeah. Shen's been really picking it up uh so mm-hmm. it, it's it's I don't know what the contributing factor was for it all but the the team's been going a lot better the last several games and it's been nice to see. Yeah. I think they've, I just, 
my opinion is I think they've started to finally focus on the task at hand with being, you know, part of the team effort, putting in the, you know, the right work to get the job done. Um, and let's not forget too, um, looks like I lost Brandon for a minute. So I'll continue to kind of go along with that. But, um, I've noticed too, like goaltending has been essential. Um, Bennington and Hofer have played, not necessarily they're playing lights out hockey, um, but they're making great saves. They're doing a phenomenal job of getting, getting the teams, the wins that they need. Um, there he is. Gotta be. You still here? Can you hear me? Yes. There you are. Can you hear me, Dan? Yeah, I'm here. Yes, I can. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. A little bit of a technical difficulty, but uh, what were we saying, James, when I I abruptly cut out? (laughs) I was saying, so I was kind of going along just saying about the overall team effort contribution from you know, everybody, but in general, also to the riding on the shoulders of Bennington and Hope for really like absolute lights out goaltending hockey. However, and they play the Capitals. I got to go to that game and watching Bennington, he was just locked in. And I mean, Every, like every save was just he it was I mean it was literally a it was Brandon again so um so it went to game Saturday night and Bennington just his lights out hockey was great like positioning is in he's always in the right spot giving the team the best opportunity to make the saves to help them out in the long run that's and that's really how they won that Saturday game against the Capitals and the same can also be said against Vancouver. Um, yeah, it wasn't a shutout, but, you know, again, Bennington has been one of the top performers of this team. And one of the main reasons why they're knocking on the playoff door and they're trying to barge their way in, but it's, you know, this is a dog fight. This has been a dog fight all year. And that's just the way it is. Like if you look at the standings, even though they've been on a four or five game win streak, Right now, they're only four games above 500, and they are fifth overall in the central. And here we are talking about they are playing well. And here, and Brandon, got you back, buddy. There, maybe. Um, but again, they're you know three points away from the Predators. They are 14 points away from the Stars in the central, and that's just it's a hard thing to see and they're right now, right out of a playoff spot, three points out of the playoff spot against with uh, trying to get it after Nashville. So um, the play is good, but other teams have also contributed. So it's going to continue to be that battle. So as we're trying to figure out the some of the little uh, odds and ends of the internet world, apparently it's not a perfect world, but we do our best. Um, Brandon, you there, man? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> getting getting a little frustrated with this. I understand. <laughs> but all right. Uh, I got a little off track. I am sorry. Uh, what, what you got? Well, um, so I was kind of going over some of the, uh, the overall standings for the team. Um, you know, they've been on a three, four game win streak doing well, 11, six and one overall since Bannister took over. However, the only bad thing is, is they're still yep. three points out of the final playoff spot. They are 14 points out of third place in the central. They're currently, um, Fifth at the central, or no, sixth in the center behind the Predators. Actually, I think they're just, I'm sorry, my bad. They are, um, they're fourth in the, or they're uh, fifth in the center behind the Predators. Um, with 50 points now, 
like I said, they're out of the they're out of the playoffs right at this moment if the season ended this second. So the yep. question is, what needs to happen for them to make the playoffs? Is it I mean, I think it's believable, but what needs to fall into place for this team to skyrocket over it? Because you are getting good performance from, you know, Robert Thomas, Colton Preco, um, Shed's picked up the game, like you said, Bennington, Hofer. Um, now we're seeing Brayden side kind of chipping in. He grabbed a couple goals the other night. Um, overall, uh-huh. it's been solid, but the problem is I don't think solid is going to get us to the playoffs. It's got to be above that. No, no, it, it's, that's definitely true. Uh, that, like you said, they've had a good kind of solid, like getting back going with things. It's, I, and I think it's a lot of what you, what you got to see in the playoffs are great teams. Like p- teams that are playing, on the money, they're playing solid, consistent. Yeah. Right now with the Blues, you're only seeing them really playing a a good game. They're, they'll come out and play a mm-hmm. few games really good from in spots here and there. Like uh, They need to string more of these types of games where they're winning three, four, five games apiece with maybe a loss or two in the mix. But you're you gotta have more games like that and you gotta have consistent play. Yeah. It, with you because I mean it's been an ongoing thing for the last two years for the blues to where they are very inconsistent at times. Yeah. They'll they'll play good for a number of games, fall off for a couple of games. And I for me that's I think that's just the biggest thing for this team is that they have to get on a consistent style of play with each other. And until they can do that, they, they, I, with LA, how they've fallen off, they have a possibility of that. Cause I mean, they were up there ahead of Vegas for the longest time. And now they're top seed, they're top seed of a wild card spot. Yeah, and I mean they, it's so <clears throat> to see where LA is kind of just abruptly oh. fallen off, mm-hmm. and where Edmonton is kind of taking that reign over. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's kind of a lane for the the Blues a little bit in a way if they can get their play going because I mean you just saw them take over spots from Calgary, Seattle, and Arizona. Mm-hmm. And another big game tonight against Seattle because I mean they're only a point behind us in the standings. If we yeah. lose tonight, we fall back behind Seattle. So this is something that if the Blues are wanting to either even contend for a playoff spot, they they have to win these big games against uh our Western Conference teams. Yeah, that we we got. Because we talked about this before, there was like seven or so teams that are all right there in the middle chunk, and it's gotten a little bit bigger since the last time that we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. But it it's still a chunk to where you have between the last playoff spot for the, uh, or I guess the first playoff spot for the wild card, you have fifty three points. And I'd say Calgary would be the closest with 40. Oh, even the wild with 47. You have a little bit bigger of a range, but still you got LA and Nashville with 53 points. The blues with 50 points, Arizona Mm -hmm. and Seattle with 59 points. Yep. You're talking five teams within four points of each other. Yeah. Still. Yeah. And, and the, the blues have to, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. Go ahead. The go. the blues have to have consistent the blues have to have consistent play in order right. to even remotely have a chance at making that wild card spot. Yeah. And not even it's again, it's not even consistent. They have to rise above it. Like I'm just looking right now, real quick. The last 10 games of let's go with 
So if you go with the Oilers, Kings, Predators, Blues, Coyotes, and Kraken, that's the that's the group of teams that the Blues have to fight with for these playoff spots. Oilers are ten and zero. Yep. I mean, they're on some ungodly streak that you know is about to beat an NHL record. So they're right there. They're in the. Uh, oh, I thought they were four. They got fifteen wins in a row right now, right, bud. But, right, they're in the midst of, but like the last ten games, Kings have gone two five. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, Predators five five and zero, Blues six three and one, Coyote or uh, Coyotes four five and one, and the Kraken six four and zero. So like, they're all team. other than really other than the Oilers in terms of how amazing they've been playing and how bad the Kings have been playing. Everyone is two one to two wins difference in the last ten games. So mm-hmm. I know some people said, well, some teams have fallen off, but like some have. But the problem is. The teams that have fallen off are the ones that the Blues don't necessarily have to worry about this moment. Like before the All Star yeah. break, they've really got to not. They've got to knock out another. I don't know when the All Star break is offhand, but um, next week. Next week, so they've got. Yeah. Let's see here, so they've got. I mean, they got. Okay, so they've got three more games until the All Star break. It looks like, so they got Seattle tonight. Sunday is L.A. at home. And then on Tuesday is the Blue Jackets. Like if they go three and zero, that puts them in a really good spot. Hopefully, they can move up a notch or two in the playoff standings, and they could be in that wild card spot. Ideally, yeah. Because I mean, if you're talking, if we win the three games that that we were just going over, that's six points. That would put us at fifty six points. Yep. And that would put us at the at the top spot in the wild card. Right. And granted, that's if Nashville and LA don't win either. Right. So if those two things go well, then you're looking at a wild card spot if everything goes the way that we're wanting it to, right. Uh, right. which doesn't always go that way. But it, it's a off chance that things do happen yeah you by the end of by the start of the all-star break you could possibly see the blues in a playoff spot yep yeah halfway in the season and that would be a nice that's a better that's better than what they were last year and that's good to know it's just a matter of you know if they hopefully they could get that that's one number two can they keep that consistency and try and just make sure that bottom half of the league in their division and their conference kind of, you know, just they could push that down and keep them away. That's the, that's the, that's really the goal. You know, I know it's, I know the cliche is one game at a time, but really like this blues team has to literally take one game at a time and say, here's our biggest opponent right here, right now. Yep. And tonight it's, Tonight it's going to be Seattle, which, I mean, they were struggling a lot toward the beginning of the season. They've been mm-hmm. they've been really pulling it back together, but that if they can keep, if the Blues can keep the style of play that they've had going for the last few games, then I, I don't see why this couldn't be a game that the Blues could win. Right. I, I don't. If they come out on their toes and they are pushing the four check and not mm-hmm. just this on the rush type style of play that they had for a while, then I, I really do feel like this is a game that the Blues can win. Yeah. It's it is about like puck possession. Um, you know, the, like the game against the game against the Capitals I watched, all they did was they put on a clinic of puck possession. I mean, I, I think by the end of it, they mm-hmm. they had overall puck possession that game by at least a good five to ten minutes over the Capitals. That's a lot. You have to have that. You have to win your face-offs. You have to make sure when you go into the offensive zone, you have that puck. You're not just dumping in and going after it. But if you are going, if you are doing that, then right. make sure you're the first guy in. You be that, you know, what some coaches call the hunter. So like that you don't want to say double chase because it sounds bad, but like when you play that style of hockey, when you throw that puck deep into the, you know, into the corners and into behind the net, you got to be that first player back there. 
you have to be the hunter that goes after it to make sure you can generate oh, something for the oncoming uh the oncoming wingers and there yep. you know that one of the drawbacks to this team is that they don't have enough guys being hunters you could easily write down i mean you could use three fingers as to who does the most hustle to get in into the zone and it's going to be the same same guys every night you know you got thomas neighbors and then that third one usually intertwines between maybe Saad, maybe Shen, maybe Kairu. And then that's really how mm -hmm. it always ends up being. It, but you got to have more. Like yep. you got nine, you got, you know, you got uh, 12 forwards. You know, you should be getting at least eight to 10 of those forwards being those guys that just hustle in no matter what. But, you know, again, that's consistency is key for this team. If they are not consistent with, attacking not consistent with possession they're gonna lose they'll lose every time that's it's a fact mm -hmm. yeah i mean if they if they come out and have guys getting to the in the offensive zone crashing the net and even just getting those pucks that when you have to dish the puck in mm -hmm. to the back of their zone you're gonna have because those, those good offensive-minded teams are going to have those guys that you're going to have two, three, two to three guys already crashing to get into their cycle, I guess is a good way of calling it, or getting right. the, the offensive, getting their offense set up in a way that they are able to control the play of in that zone. And the Blues right now – yeah, like you like you said, they've only had a few guys that really do that. You you're lacking that from a number of guys. Uh, I mean, honestly, Blay is one of them. We don't see much of really anything from Blay uh, as much as I would have liked to see. And I mean, he's been absent. No, I mean, hell, now that we're talking about it, we're gonna probably see him on the. The stat sheet tonight, but oh yeah, right. He, yeah, he's been right. one of the big guys that hasn't. <laughs> he he's been one of the big guys that hasn't really contributed a whole lot this season. I mean, I don't. Oh, I gotta look at his stats because I don't even remember the last time that he's had oh, a goal. It's been, it's been a long time, right? And it's it's just like. What's happened to him? Uh, Blay is one. Uh, Sonny's been really good about he he been really good about getting in and doing what he's got to do. Right. Um, yeah. So Sammy Torpchenko, he's been better as yeah. of late. I didn't really notice a whole lot of Tor. Yeah, that's that's the thing I've noticed about. Uh, so real quick, Sammy Blay, thirty six games. One goal, six assists. A goal, the other. So, you know, I'm sorry. Show, no, I was, I was just saying that shows the inconsistency of Sammy Blake. He's just not, he's not doing what you need him to do. Um, you know, Sonny, Sonny, mm -mm. Sonny's no. always been Sonny. His his best trait is that he's just the guy who goes after everything. Like he's a constant workhorse. And that's his job. Like he's gonna throw in some goals here and there. Um, he won't be your your leader, but again, he's got you know he's got 17 points overall, and that's what you expect: five goals, 12 assists. He'll probably end up with double digit goals by the end of the year. Um, and that's like that's 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 gonna be common for him. You know, he got Torp. He's got he's seven four for 11 points altogether. Um, you know, those two guys, they're, you know, they're your classic fourth liners. The guys who go after the puck is very aggressive going after the puck. And plus two, they are, you know, excellent with the penalty killing. Those those are two of your penalty killers. And they're utilized all the time in those mm -hmm. situations. And they, I think those yep. guys are doing what is asked of them. Um, I wouldn't really say they're doing above and beyond. And I think that's the the crutch of this team is you've got guys that you've only got you you have less guys doing above and beyond what they're asked to do, and then you got a lot of guys who are just treading water, and then you got Kawasaki just aren't doing it. 
Like, you know, the great teams mm -hmm. all rise above everything else, playing above what they should, playing out of their minds sometimes. So that way the guys who have the off nights to go, okay, I'm not doing that great, but, you know, that guy is playing like a maniac and has been the last five games. So I'll get my groove back soon, and then I'll be there to contribute when I'm ready. Yep. Yeah, and that that's – I mean, in all honesty, that's another thing that the Blues – the blues lack and that's because they don't have if there are nights that that thomas well, lately thomas neighbors sod pareko or ooh, another one that's been really contributing uh well booch aside from those guys if you don't see those guys contribute you're gonna lose a game Yep, because everybody else on the on the ice seemingly hasn't. Uh, I guess Hayes too a little bit. He's he's been contributing a lot, uh, but other than that, you don't see guys getting getting goals or even yeah. assists. You those are the only few guys that have been getting the things done for the team, mm -hmm. and if they have off nights the team is going to have an off night too, because right. it seems like nobody else is able to get those productive numbers. Yeah. So here's a question for you. And you know, it's, it's more of a hypothetical, I would think. So say you're getting around, you're right around the end of February trade deadline is the first, I believe it's the first week of March. My question yeah, is this. Uh, trade deadline is March 8th. Okay. March 8th. So you're talking. Yeah. So March 8th, you got you're right around the end of February. You got about 10 days left before the trade deadline. You are in this position right here, right now, where you're on the cusp of the playoffs, but you're, you know, you're pushing. You're just not at that next level. You're Doug Armstrong. What do you do? Do you buy? Do you say, I don't think we're going to make it? And then you start kind of trading off a couple assets for, to restock for the next year or do you just stand pat what would you do in this situation and see this is this is something that it you're kind of on that gray line of where you want to be because you're you don't have a lot of the pieces that make up a great team yet but you're also at that point to where you're like right on the cusp of things, right? So, and Rutherford even had, he had the uh, the fan survey that went out uh, for the athletic uh, that said that a lot of people, where they think they're going to be at, at the time of trade deadline. And a yeah. lot of people were saying sellers. And they were saying that, oh, we should trade off. We should trade off Bennington. We should trade off Pareko. We should trade off uh, Scandella. I mean, Scandella has been a, a hot topic just because he's on contract year, or at least he's is either the contract year or yeah. one year left on his contract. And uh, but you, I probably would have seen him probably being a probably a, on a trade block regardless. Right. Uh, but. In the words of Armstrong, a couple like a year or so ago, when he said he wants this to be a retool, he wants something that is only going to take a couple to maybe like two, three, four years to get things back to where they want it to. Mm -hmm. And in all honesty, if you guys, if at the deadline they're looking to trade guys like Pareko, Bennington, uh, Booch Nevich, yeah. I feel like that's a cause for a rebuild rather than a retool because you are trading off pieces that are going to ultimately help you guide the guys that you're the young guys that you're bringing in to where you can get yourself to one of those spots where you maybe in a few years you're sitting in one of the top three spots in the central and you're looking at a really good place in the playoffs. But if you trade off Pareko, Bennington, some of the bigger guys on this team, you're looking at a rebuild. 
you're mm-hmm. you're looking at six, seven, eight years before you get into the yeah. playoffs again, or yeah. even yeah. In contention. So yeah. even at best, five, even case, best five years, and that's five years is gonna the, the fan base here will revolt. They will like a lot of you know, you got not trying to take away anything, but you know, like you get a lot of people who are saying this stuff, trade this guy, trade that guy, but like I feel like none of these people were around during the Mike Kitchen years when, <laughs> you know, when this team traded away everything for no real reason. They were a competitive team, but, you know, freaking Bill Lurie was a moron of an owner and he just traded away every asset possible for nothing. Mm-hmm. So, so this team lavished. Now, the only advantage was you got to go to games real, real cheap. But the thing that sucked is the team sucked to watch. So you're really going to watch like a good player from another team. So like, I agree with you. Like it's, you're at a real hard point. Um, and you hate to say it, but you don't really have the assets like you had last year to trade. So like, if you're on that, mm-hmm. if you're on that area, you don't have O'Reilly or Tarasenko or, you know, some of the other guys that got traded for those assets. Like now you have CME, you have uh Casper Kapanen or, uh, Jacob Verona, who like those guys are not contributing. You have Sammy Blake, not contributing. Mm-hmm. Like those are the guys that you would trade for to a playoff team to get some picks or something. The guys that you have are your good players, but one, they all have no trade clauses, so it's real hard to move them. And two, you know, what are you gonna what do you gain off of that by trading away those guys? I think I mean in in mind in hindsight for me, I would look for some type of secondary scoring, but nothing where I'm going to be giving away a bunch of stuff on the basis of it. Like if I could find a, right. if I could find a, you know, even just a, you know, a second line winger to just offset some of that extra scoring that's needed, then that would be a great bonus. But I just don't know who would be available at the time. Um, and plus two, like I hate to see them trade away Buchnevich right now because he's starting to get back in order, starting to play well. And like you said, Scandell is always a is always one because he's an unrestricted free agent. So he would go to contender and you'd probably get a pick out of him, but you're not gonna get anything amazing. Mm-hmm. You're definitely not gonna get anything that's gonna boost his team to the playoffs this year. This team is probably gonna be right. a team that so Go ahead. I, yeah. I I'll I'll get something for whenever you finish. Okay. No, I was just gonna say like this is probably a team that we're gonna have in April. Like you know, and this will be mm-hmm. the team that decide the playoffs for for them or not, with maybe a different addition here and there. But that's gonna be about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I could more than likely see that to where we're probably gonna ride things out. And with the team that we currently have, I don't really see the the Blues doing a whole lot, but on the off chance that we do and you see Scandella move yeah, for a, a pick more because more than likely that's what you're going to get from a guy like Scandella. You're, you're going to get probably a third or fourth round pick. Yep. And that that's probably about what you're looking at for Scandella at this point. But on the off chance that that happens, and I didn't really think about this until I listened to the last minute pod or last minute blues podcast this past week, because I didn't realize that he was this set individual was even remotely on the trade market or on a trade block. Uh, but, and this is something that we visited, I want to say three or so years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if, you do a what if there is a trade rumor to where you have Buchnevich on the block and you're able to dish off to a team like Ottawa for okay. a, a top defenseman. Okay. And Jacob Jacob Chitrin. Chitrin? Because he's been said to been mm-hmm. wanting out of Ottawa, and that frees up a Defenseman that you can put up with Pareko or even with Krug or Falk, depending on where they want to put them on what side. Right. And then to replace the winger 
and this is going to be a long shot, but because it's going to be right around the time that the college or college season is ending, mm-hmm. what if instead of having a guy like Bucinavich up on the first line, you have uh, either Cairo or, and this is a big if, if you bring up Snuggerud and have him up on the first or second line? You know, I look at this one. Yeah. I look at it this way. I remember, and not, I'm trying to go back to the trading vault, but a few years back, the Blues traded, you know, Chris Stewart, who is a solid power forward for the team. He's a good goal scorer. Um, they traded him for Kevin Shattenkirk and, you know, a few odds and ends with that situation. It was pretty mm-hmm. much a, it was kind of a player for player, but they had to get rid of Chris Stewart because he just was being, you know, he was always flippy floppy. Um, yeah, the key, the key point is this, you trade Buchnevich, obviously that's kind of your answer to the season. Like, I don't think we're good enough to do anything in the playoffs. If make it trading Buchnevich is probably your best asset overall right now in that sense where you could trade him and people would give up a nice bounty for him. Um, and it's not that I'm I'm not really against it. It just depends on what you get in the process of it. Um, and, you know, there's always these rumors of who's, you know, like Booch might get traded. But I tell you what, you make that move for Jacob Chikrin. He's a good left-handed defenseman. Our left-hand, our left-hand side is shaky. It's not that great when, you know, Nick Letty's basically your number two defenseman on the left side. He's your best left-handed yep. defenseman because he's with Colton Braco. But if you put in – Chikrin is more of a, it's more of an offensive gifted defenseman, kind of like a kind of like a left-handed Justin Falk. I would go, I would kind of put him as, but he's younger and faster. So, I would like to see that because he would fit right in as your, you know, where him and Preko are the one one A guys. You know, they're not true number one defensemen in either sense, but they're both good, solid, great defensemen. And that shorts up your defense a lot. And then your key is what the, the question that comes into play is, okay, you drop, you get rid of Buchnevich, you're going to be moving, you know, I mean, Snooger will would probably fit, I would almost think, a third-line guy at that point if they bring him up because you're going you're gonna to end up promoting Saad to the, to the first line. So that's where you stand with that. And Cairo will move up. Will will definitely ascend into the first line with Thomas because those are your best goal scorers. Mm-hmm. Is Thomas and at that point is is Thomas and Cairo. But um, again, too, then you also have to you also have to answer to who else to get rid of on that left side of defense because yeah, our the left side's weak, but it's also a lot of left-handed defensemen on this team. So who do you get rid of in that process along with? Getting rid of Pareko, or not Pareko, I'm sorry, getting rid of Buchnevich. So, if there's someone you could yeah. package a deal where you could give up, say, could you give up Nick Letty? That's a possibility because he's making, you know, he doesn't make as much as Tory Krug. And you could, you know, you could kick the tires on a Krug, right. too, but you got to figure out who's going to, you got to oh, figure man. out who, who Krug would want to go to and who would want to take on his salary or at least some aspect of it. It's gonna. It'll take creativity mm-hmm. to make that move. To make that move, no matter what. But I would be all. Yeah, it, it. It definitely would. I mean, because on the left side, yeah, you have Letty, you have Krug, you have. Uh, I don't have it up in front of me, but we got uh, you got Krug. Prunovic, I mean, the, you got Prunovich, Scandella, Letty, and um, mm-hmm. yeah. So you got you got that. You got a lot of guys back that are on the left side. Yep. So, I mean, in all honesty, the the only one that really jumps to my mind is is Scandella, right. because if you think about it, Letty, he's he had what he had a two year or a one year contract. He signed given to him. He signed a. Uh, I think it's I actually think a three. I think he signed a three year deal. Because they wanted to get the, they were trying to get the cost, the annual average down. Down. Yeah, because I think if they sign, I think you're right. 
because if you if you signed up to two year deal, it was going to be like six about six million per. Whereas they signed the three for about four and a half ish, I think. I don't have the number in front of me, but I remember it being something like that, which was manageable for them at the time and still manages okay now. But yeah, that's so you definitely got another year of Letty after this if he stays on. Yeah. And again, he, so, also has a, he has a no trade wall. So it's again, it's those tough moves you have to make. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have an NTC. Letty does not really? have. Nope. Letty does not have an NTC on his on his contract. I did not. I, I just pulled up the contracts for the team. Uh, we got three years left of Letty for four million okay, AAV. Okay. Uh, but then you got you still have Krug at six and a half, Pareko at six and a half, Falk at six and a half. Mm-hmm. And all those guys have no movement clauses, at least at least Preco does, but after the 2024 season, 25 season, uh Krug and uh Falk have a little bit of leeway. Like they get their like 10 10 team or 14 team. Uh, trade list, right? Because like they the they come the unlocked after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the modified trade uh, clause. But until then, they all have no movement clauses in their in their contracts. They yeah. would pretty much have to waive them. But yeah, Scandella, this is the last year on his contract. Uh, and then Perunovic, he's he becomes an RFA after this season. Uh, uh, you got Kessel. Kessel was another one that we forgot about. Uh, yeah. and he has been, but he's on he's on the he's on the right side. Yes. Yeah. He's been he's been paired a lot since uh, when Funk got injured. They they paired Kessel with Krug, and that's been a borderline lights out. You know, they were borderline lights out pair. And Kessel is a stud, man. He's, I mean, yep. he he hasn't had a negative game. Or... I, I like. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I like the style of play and the potential. I like the style of play and potential that Kessel has for this team. Right. He's a good, he's a good young defenseman. Like he's going to be a, he's going to be a nice solid, you know, he'll be, he'll probably be a second, third line defenseman, but dang it. He's one of those. He's those defensemen that when you, in three, four years, if you're contending for playoff in the Stanley Cup, that's that lockdown guy you want back there as that second, that second oh, third pairing that you can totally trust and never have to worry about when he goes out there because he'll give you the utmost consistency. And that that's the defenseman. Those are the defensemen that you just want to have all the time on your team. Oh, of course. And I mean, yeah, Kessel, if he can keep up the style of play, because he's he's a and he's not really that much of an offensive minded defenseman. He is very defensive minded, which right a lot of our defensemen are mostly offensive minded. Yep. And having somebody like Kessel who is young, uh on a RFA uh style thing where he is gonna be coming up at something at the end of ne- this year, that's something that you can go into probably with a low AAV contract for a number of years and have this kid locked up for three, four, maybe five years mm-hmm. at at a decent contract and make the most out of this kid. I mean, you can give him, you can give him less than the Scandella deal. He can make he can make about three million a year for four years. And you got a, a young defenseman going into his prime who still has a lot of potential for whatever. And, you know, he's going to be a nice little shining star for the team to watch. Oh, Sabrina went bye-bye again. Dang, interne- dang interwebs attack us again, folks. Um, so some of the things to think about here when – 
you know, when you're watching this team is besides the consistency, besides the, you know, the, the play, one of the things we need to also look at too, and we haven't even touched the subject at all is. Sorry, dude. I don't know what happened there. That's all right. That's all right. So, um, I was getting ready to just talk about, um, my laptop. Talk about, my, huh? No, I, I was getting ready to say, um, one thing I also we have not even touched was the the slight improvement of the special teams. Though it hasn't been great, it's been much better. But you know, also when you're digging yourself out of a grave, that's mm-hmm. you know the only the only place you have to go is up. So um, that I I can mm-hmm. I was going to say that contributes to some of the improvement of of the overall play is the better um, improvement on power play and the better, and just the aggressiveness of the penalty kills helped has helped out. And you just kind of wish like, man, if this clicked at the beginning of the year, you know, we'd probably be in a better position and we'd still have Craig Brewery as our coach. Yeah. But at the same time, does, does Brewery have the same, I guess message that that goes across with the guys that are playing good now under Drew right. Bannister. Does that style of play continue with with oh my god with Craig Bruby like it is right now? That's right. that's the only question that I that I am like teeter tottering with with that whole thing because you never yeah if. If the if the team started out like this in the beginning of the season and they mm-hmm. were playing like they are on a consistent basis, that yeah, Bruby would still probably have a head coaching position with the St. Mm-hmm. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. Now, would they still be playing to that level? Mm-hmm. That's that would be to be seen, but mm-hmm. that it's just a big what if. And yeah. we've it, it's been like that for the last couple of seasons. Right. It's going to be what if this happens or what if that happens. It's yeah, it's unfortunate, but it, it sucks. It but you know, it's <laughs> it's a, it, it's a business, and you know, give a lot of kudos to Bannister. He has put this team in a better position, and you know, the question is, do we see him be named head coach by the end of the year, or are we still looking at a new coach altogether? rolling into next season. So I That's, I I went down the I, I went I went down the rabbit hole looking at stuff the other night <laughs> and they mentioned and I've never heard this before. I only saw it on one article, just one. One one pundit said that the Blues were interested in Patrick Waugh as their coach. And obviously Waugh now went to the Islanders. But again, yep. You know, Armstrong is a very, like, he reveals nothing. So who knows if that's a true rumor, but if that's the kind of mindset that Armstrong is looking at, that kind of tells me that I I don't see the Tealies pointing towards Banish as the coach for next year, if that's the case. Now, I think if they make the playoffs and do well, that's a different story. I think he, I think he ascends, but... You know, if if Armstrong is still looking for a coach, that kind of leads me to believe that he's looking for someone who's got a very aggressive voice because, you know, that is something that Wall was definitely known to be. He's a warrior. He's a warrior when he played, um, and he's a warrior of a coach. That's how this stuff rolls with him. So it almost leads me to think, like, as much as I like Bannister and I think he's done a good job, I feel like the Blues want to go a totally different realm. You know, something they haven't done in a while because they haven't they haven't signed a significantly like big coach since Ken Hitchcock. A lot of guys have been either minor mm-hmm. league coaches or pseudo reclamation projects like Mike Yo or like Craig Berube too, you know, to say the least. So my guess is, you know, unless, I mean, it's Bannister has a great position to basically sell himself as the coach of this team, but I don't think he's a lock for this 
whatsoever, especially depending on what mm -hmm. happens at the end of the year. Yeah. And I mean, kind of touching back on uh, Patrick Waugh, uh, there's even some guys that some of the young guys that are playing in the blues that we're all saying that he, he was, he's a very good coach for coaching young guys or like young players. Yeah. And because I think a few of them had had coach in the minors and they said he was a terrific guy to the uh, play for that. He, he was able to break everything down and really get it to where the, the guys are able to understand it. And that's something that I think that would have been able to benefit the blues a lot. But now with him going to the Islanders, that's, that's going to be, I think, a, a team that teams are going to have to watch out for. Uh, oh, it, could, it could be totally different, but yeah. that's – you know, that, he didn't, uh, With a team like the Islanders and what the pieces that they have, I feel like that could be a dangerous team with Patrick yeah. Waugh as the head coach. Yeah, and don't forget, Waugh didn't get fired from the Avalanche. She quit. Like, he was going through some stuff, mm -hmm. and things were not working out well for him and the team, even though he was – he won the Jack Adams trophy, like his first year coaching that team. Like he is a good, intelligent coach because he was a really good, intelligent player, but things just didn't go right. And I think when he went, when he left, he went to the minors and won the Memorial cup and stuff. Like, I think that made, that solidified him as a better all around coach. And now, you know, the honors are going to probably benefit a lot from that guy and, you know, and, and I know a lot of people complain about reclamation projects. Guys don't get opportunities. But when you get those, you know, those stellar coaches like like him or a Jim Montgomery is another great point of being a reclamation, you know, a, you know, a, a pseudo reclamation coach. Um, those guys thrive. They're great coaches. I mean, that's the the end of the day is they're good coaches that know how to get wins out of teams that probably don't deserve the, some of those wins. And honestly, I, mm -hmm. I do feel that that's what this team needs a lot as a coach who will bring out the absolute most out of the guys at hand, because maybe if we're lucky, some of these contracts go away in the next year or two because of the salary cap, but it's going to be tough. So, you know, face it fans, this is the, this is our, this is our team probably for the next four years what you see here now is with some changes here and there, but you know, you're going to need a coach that's really going to draw some stuff out of them to get them to be playing a high end game. Yep. Now, one other thing that I wanted to throw at you because I felt like this could possibly be something that if with, especially with the, uh, with how, I guess uh, Falk's play has been, mm -hmm. and even with a, a big defenseman that he is, do you think this is something that could possibly be a question, not for like the regular season with like trade deadline, but mm -hmm. do you believe this is something that we, the Blues could possibly be visiting and like the off season, because obviously his numbers have not really been the best this season. Uh, but if they're wanting to get something for like seasons to come, that could possibly be a piece that the blues uh, try to fork over and trying to make a deal for a bigger name player. In the off season, because I mean, they face it, you're not going to probably see something like that happen during trade deadline, and especially during the regular oh, yeah. season. I think, I think if you move a guy like a Falk or even a Tory Krug, as they tried, it's going to be an off season move. They, unless there is a team that mm -hmm. desperately needs, because at the end of the day, like let's face it, Tory Krug and Justin Falk are still good players. They're still good defensemen. They. Um, they are. I mean, and Krug, Krug has are. had a better season than Falk has. Falk has, has been very, I hate to say mediocre, because he does play a good, solid game for him, but he's not contributing offensively. Two goals, 
in 40 games is not his is not his norm. He's usually a double digit uh scoring defenseman. He's not this year. I would nope. I and I honestly think really I I think Falk has better trading potential. Um just because he's been a very healthy player, not this year, but on a regular basis with the team, he's usually contributed 60 plus games every year. And he, you know, he's a solid guy. And if he'd still make a good second pairing defenseman for, a, for a, a contending team. So I would, I could see, mm-hmm. I would, again, I'd be very surprised if he got moved at the trade deadline unless someone needed that move. Um, oh gosh. Who's the, who's the defenseman that just the captain of one of the teams. He just, he just went out for the season. I don't remember what team it was, but they're a contending team and they lost their captain. I want to say not Winnipeg. No, either way, you know, that's what it's going to take. I have to look that one up. Um, but yeah. And, and just to kind of go over, cause I'm, we were kind of saying about Falk's numbers in 2021, he had 16 goals, 31 assists and 47 points. Right. Last year he had 11 goals, 39 assists and 50 points this year at halfway. He's at two goals, 17 assists and 19 points. Yeah. So maybe if we're lucky, he's going to give us 40 points. Maybe. I don't think so. I think he's maybe. I think again, it's going to be it's a subpar year for him. He's battled injuries this year, and just hasn't been consistent on the stat sheets. And that mm-hmm. you know, and and right now, like that's the guy that you need to contribute better than that. So again, that you know that I think yeah. that I I don't that would be an off that will be an off season move if it does happen. So I guess we'll. We'll see what we'll see where that where that lies, you know. Yep. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. I know we got little more than a month. I think it's like a month and two weeks, month and a week. Yeah. Something like that to the uh the trade deadline. So yeah, a month and two weeks, a month and a half pretty much till trade deadline. Right. Uh, we got a lot kind of in between that time frame you got the all-star weekend this upcoming upcoming week um you got three games before that time uh it's it'll be an interesting time uh for the to see what happens for the blues and everything and i i think once we get back from all-star weekend or all-star break it's you're gonna really see it's gonna be a I think it'd be a telltale sign of where the where the team is gonna go with yeah. like if they're gonna be sellers, buyers, or right. if they're even gonna be remotely close to a playoff spot. I think that's yeah. gonna be the deciding factor a little bit of yeah. where things are all gonna be at. Yeah. I, I think definitely this is something to look at. I think by President's Day, February nineteenth, that'll be the day we look at this team and go. Here's where they stand. Here's where they're going to go. Because they come back from the all-star break yep. on a road trip. They play one, two. Let me see. Three. Looks like they got about four to five games before the 19th after the all-star break. So that's going to be your outlook. That's going to be your barometer <laughs> where this team stands, where what's going to, what they're going to end up doing. You know, if, if you can, if they come out with some really good wins, they might actually, Make a move to try and give them a chance to sneak in the playoffs better, but my 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 guess is they stand pat and possibly sell. But you know, prove me wrong, please. Yeah. I want to I want to be proven uh, wrong. I'm I'm one of the few men in the world that oh, is proven I'm, wrong. Like, you know, that's how I roll. I'm good with it. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I'm hoping the team proves me wrong. And they decide to do something other than sell. If they do something other than sell, I will be ecstatic because I don't want right. this team to be sellers. Right. I really don't. And 
Josh, I, I, I see you in the comments, and you're a little late on that one, bud. We we kind of already talked about Booch a little bit. Uh, we we we're or well, at least I threw out a, a kind of a thing that I heard over this past week. And what if we go for another top defenseman that be paired up with Pareko, or even have him as a, a second line defenseman with uh and just kind of shake things up and go out to go out to Ottawa and grab a Jacob Chitrin uh and have him uh be on a deal for Buchnevich and then you're able to bring up possibly a guy like Snugroot at the end at around deadline if not sooner. That's what we were kind of talking about earlier. You you're a little late to the game there, bud. Way to play, Josh. Uh, but, thanks for thanks for listening, dude. Keep it keep keep coming back, man. We're all here. That's my opinion. For sure. Um I guess with things where they're at, I don't really have much else. Uh James, you got any kind of closing things that we want to touch on before we, we get going for the day? No. Um, like I said, let's you know, I all you can do is just like the team is playing hard, but we just need some of these other teams to, you know, throw out some stink bombs and suck it up for a while. Like I'm kind of tired of this, you know, blues win one, someone wins one. Like let's, you know, I want, I want the blues win. I want them to win five, six in a row. And I want all these other teams to basically, you know, become a train wreck. I want them to, you know, be the LA Kings and just go on a, you know, one, eight and one losing streak. And I'd, I'd be happy. Like, come on. That's what I'm asking for. Oh, of course. I, I would I would be ecstatic for that, especially if we can get to what we talked about earlier. If we can get the fifty six points by by All Star break, that would be phenomenal. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that would be awesome if it does. That I, would that yeah. would pretty much be them getting to a, a six game winning streak, and I think for the blues to get to where we want them to go. I think that's something that is going to have to happen. They're yeah. going to have to string together a number of like yeah. five, six, seven wins in a row in order to yeah. get yeah, even they don't, closer to be a playoff spot. They don't have to set an NHL record, but dang it. It'd be nice if you could squeak in, you know, more than three, three in a row, you know, give us five, six in a row that that'll get you in a great spot before the all-star break. So. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, I I don't have anything else other than that. Uh, either Brandon literally froze in place or he's having internet issues. I'm not sure. But it's kind of weird when there we go. oh there he is okay. You just yeah you sorry about that. Uh, I wasn't sure did he just have a stroke or did he have, does he have internet issues? <laughs> uh, no, my my internet is being shitty yeah. this morning. Uh, but no, if everybody is able to check out more of the Variety Sports Network, that helps us us out tremendously. Uh, you got Josh Edwards with uh, a lot of the baseball stuff. We got guys with football, uh, baseball, uh, e- even more things. Uh, we got we got stuff all around sports with the Variety Sports Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, please like, subscribe, and follow uh, Variety Sports Network. And even come back and just and if you enjoy blues hockey, we would very much enjoy having you guys out and watching our shows seeing what we have to say it it makes makes the world to us does have people coming out and watching our shows it does Um, but we will we will be back on sometime next week i'm sure to probably cover a lot of the few games that we've had and probably Mm -hmm. even all-star break and maybe if 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 all things fall into place maybe we'll even have something like a live show during the uh the all-star game or the skills competition and just kind of talk about different things for for across the nhl and maybe we'll do like an all-star uh edition and just kind of go 
over different things for the NHL going over standings and different such, but we will we'll have more on that. Uh, obviously next week. Uh, if we do, we will put something out a few days prior. Um, but that is probably the, one of the things that most look forward to uh, in the, in the next coming week, we'll have obviously the regular show, uh, but yeah, we will try to have if even if the regular show is something that we do something. Be sure to let everybody know. Uh, but if that that's about all I have, uh, mm-hmm. I think we are good to go. Yep. Thank you guys all for coming out today, and we enjoy having you. And we will see you guys in the next episode. That's right. Peace. Go Blues.